I'm just a little upset today as we start this podcast. Oh no! Well, I mean, we we've had a great run. Uh, you know, the album came out today. Uh, it's in stores everywhere, which means uh, jackjaguar.com, uh, shop.howlonggone.com, as well as Amoeba Records in Hollywood. Uh, but we were left off um, kind of an important list: <laughs> the Hype Beast 100. Okay, the Hype Beast 100 what? It's it's a list of the most important movers and shakers uh, in the streetwear industry. <laughs> um, okay. And I just, I kind of don't understand, like, what what we have to do. Like, maybe our shit isn't ugly enough, and that's something that I've considered. But if you have any tips on, on you know, what you think we should do. Uh, I think it yours. might be the problem is we actually make too much streetwear, and we have sort of grown out of that... <laughs> <laughs> grown out of that cage mm-hmm. and now we're just kind con- we're just a line you know we're just a clothing line at this point we're considered more of like a ready to wear kind of business than we are a streetwear business is that safe to say if you do if you do enough cut and sew then <laughs> people kind of start looking at you differently you know the price points a little differently the stockists, of course. Of course, the stockists have changed, as uh, and our attitudes have changed. So, Who, who's are, is this a ranked list, or is it just uh, just a name, just a bunch of names? Uh, it's just a bunch of names. Uh, you know, there's there's some friends of the show of, on there. You know what I mean? Of course, but fuck them. Yeah, but fuck any, anybody that's on that list. Um, obviously, Kanye West, uh, Jay Balvin. You know, um, all kinds of important mm-hmm. best menswear brand, Louis Vuitton. Best womenswear brand, Jacquemus. Best collaboration, Balenciaga and Gucci. I mean, they're just giving out awards left and right. Yeah, I love I love the streetwear of Gucci. I do too. I, <laughs> nothing says streetwear like Gucci and Balenciaga. As a, yeah, and also the streetwear work that Jacques Mou <laughs> has done. Well, he makes he makes sneakers sometimes. He's made a t shirt before. Yeah, he's made a t shirt, but is it was it an, an awake t shirt? Definitely not. No, definitely not. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You make a great point, Jason. So we're left off that list. It's a tough end to the year, but. But, um, something to grow on for next year, right? Exactly, something to work towards. And spirits are still high because because you know the album is is out today. We did a special T shirt with Sam Jane, a nice white long sleeve co branded with our label. And uh, you know, otherwise, I did have to I have to see Hunter again in the afternoon because of my busy schedule, which is throwing off my chi. But I'm happy to be podcasting with you, Jason, because this is what we fucking do, baby. Yeah, I haven't even had time to work out at all, but I think I might go to the gym uh, later this afternoon for the first time in in what seems like a week, which is mm-hmm. it, which is exciting for me. But it's hard to get over that hump when you've been. When you're, when you're out of the game, you don't have that. It's it's not a part of your daily routine when you haven't been able to go. So it, that first step back into Equinox is always the hardest, right? No, it's it's true. Luckily, I have ladder pre-workout. My body will vibrate in a certain way, and my hair will tingle so much that until I knock out that cardio, I'm mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm not I'm 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 basically ready to be hospitalized if i don't work out when jason's when jason's when jason's gone off the ladder he's he's a threat to himself and others until he gets on that treadmill and we need to watch that don't put the glock nine in his hand i'm liable to wrap the tesla around a telephone pole Mm. if i don't if i don't pull out those kettles off of a full scoop of laddie and (laughs) have you got you haven't you haven't gotten to the point where you're doing more than one scoop right no 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 i wouldn't do that i would never do two lines at a time you you would never take 
um, you know, a supplement, a medication, or anything like that in, o- in over the suggested no, over the suggested dose. No, you always no, it's di- take two Advil exactly. every sixteen hours, it's, right? It's, That's what it's, you do. I'm a doctor's order kind of cat. You know what I mean? I'm really into. Don't risk it. Don't chance it. Exactly. Those guys make the big bucks, and that's not for you to decide. Speaking of risk, Jason, you feel the same way about COVID <laughs> vaccines and stuff like that. As well, yeah, right? exactly. Speaking, yeah. Speaking of, of of COVID, you know, it seems like New York is popping again, and and <laughs> when, you, when you say popping, well, it just seems like it seems like the corn balls of the New York media industry are once again trying to trace, you know how covid infected people who party every night Mm -hmm. which is a little bit of a boring i'm just like what year is it guys like the we don't need the the basil to to new york (laughs) pipeline yeah why why is that so tantalizing for people i don't know because it's tattletale shit it's it really is it just goes back to tattletale shit and it gets clicks i'm sure and it gets it gets your peers talking about you which i guess is the author but uh, but i the the tattletale part that makes sense but i feel like that pendulum swung both ways where the first time it happened it was like oh the reason why covid hit america was the the mew mew party and and at the time it was like oh that was sort of like a badge of honor like i got the hottest most chic covid you can get but then the other side of it is you know the shaming of people who needed to go to a mew mew party and now, thanks to you, my kid has to take Zoom school, you fashion motherfucker. So, exactly. And of course, we are on the other side of celebrating guests who were proudly members of the COVID positive family because only because they were invited to a cool fashion party. And that's who we pod for. That's who we pod for. Uh, it's, it's much worse. Yeah. I mean, the thought of getting COVID in Paris at a Mew Mew party versus getting COVID at the BuzzFeed holiday party is a pretty <laughs> wide gap. You know what I mean? As far as, as far as coolness goes. Or, or simply the buzz stop. You know, a lot of people don't talk about that. You know, the public transport. That's a, yeah, the buzz stop. <laughs> <laughs> the bus the bus stop that's where um, that's where it, everyone parks their rate their <laughs> that's where everyone parks their bird scooters in santa monica to take the buzz the buzz <laughs> the buzzfeed bus. bus to their to their work pods shout out to everyone who works at buzzfeed you guys rock no shout out to buzzfeed uh that's the third <laughs> yeah that's the that's the lowest on the totem pole of places to to catch the new variant but but i think this is just our new normal and we're gonna this is gonna happen and apparently this is it's it's not as deadly but the way people are talking about it and making corny jokes about christmas and you know oh no uh, yo no ha 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 oh i hope i can stay inside it's just like you guys aren't funny. The shit is not funny anymore. It, you know what? I think we'd be better off if we just ignored it completely. So I'm part of the problem as well. Okay. Well, it takes a big man to make that realization, and I'm proud of you for doing that. Let's um, let's start the movement. We ain't going to talk about no COVID, no mo. Okay. Well, um, what else is there to talk about then? I'm at a loss. Absolutely so. nothing. That's Damn. all I got. Have you seen Succession and COVID? At the, <laughs> that, I, I watch Succession while being positive. That's, uh, go on. I'm going to go on live and watch Succession COVID tonight. If anyone wants to chime in, I'm, I'm also going to have wine all the time. I can't wait till I can't wait till I see 50 people on a Zoom Christmas Succession watching party. That that's really what I. <laughs> no, every, this this is just. It really has. It's it's really interesting how how COVID has exposed truly 
the corniness level is is higher than we could have ever imagined in this country with not only people you'd expect it from, but our peers. Mm-hmm. And that is succession and COVID are the two things that have exposed that the most to me in 2021. I like that we're using the word exposed in 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 pertinence to a uh, viral infection as well. That's just good copywriting. Yeah, how could I not? It kind of comes naturally to me off dome. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, I told you about the I told you about the Netflix thing I watched and liked single all the way. Yeah, I wasn't able to get through that one. Well, that's a mistake on your part. It's 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 great, and it's I also like that Netflix has done this thing now where every relationship in one of their like kind of cheesy movies is is biracial. Like every single relationship is is biracial, and like the parents, yeah, or if there's a family dynamic, one of them has to ha- you know be adopted in a wheelchair, whatever it is. Of course, and I think that's great for the inclusion. Of course, I'm not knocking that, but same where it's like, all right, slow down. What is the what is the magic number? What is the golden ratio of of straight whites to non-straight whites in terms of casting to where it's like okay this is a this is a natural fit sweet spot yeah i i that's a great question we should ask some of the executives at the netflix corporation about that we're driving the train while we're building the track so everyone mm-hmm. gets a pass of course and it's of better course. to err on the side of over overdoing it versus underdoing it that's very true no that's very true and i I think that but but just let me implore you again to watch single all the way it's better than succession (laughs) uh it's 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 more entertaining than pin 15 or whatever you guys are still talking about it's a classic Mm -hmm. gay christmas movie and that is something that i didn't know i needed in my life but i what are some other classic gay christmas movies you you said the word classic so i feel like you know, there's some other. Well, that's ones. what I'm saying. I think it's a. I think Iggy Azalea voice, the new classic, is what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, <laughs> so I think this is. A, oh, no. I think I think this is a genre. You know, Netflix may have invented and is pushing. If if any of our listeners uh, want to make a gay uh, a, a gay Christmas movie list, I would love to plow through those over the holidays or be plowed by that list. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to be plowed. I love to be. Yeah. I love to be yacked senselessly by that list of uh, of four films i got yeah three of them available on dvd only yeah it could be a dvd only thing uh, and they and those might be tough to track down so you for some of those titles you might have to look in the adult section that's just uh yeah yeah that's just fine. a streamer I mean, tip i do a lot of streaming so you know i want to pass that on to you <laughs> i do a lot of streaming sorry i just saw a tweet that says and just like that nyc is locked down again oh. i'm gonna kill myself okay we do have a guest today we do uh ld big ld we've been we've been uh talking about having her on the show for quite a while um jason and i are both fans of her work starting all the way back at tiny furniture from the the classic girls program on the HBO network. Uh, her piece de resistance. Her book, which I read in one flight uh, from New York to Vancouver. I devoured it, as they would say. <laughs> um, but but Lena Lena has been around the Hollywood block. She just got married. She's, she's I think she's living part time in London. I can't keep up, Jason. But mm-hmm. Lena, Lena Dunham is our guest today on How Long Gone. What a, this is a Christmas treat, isn't it? This is a Christmas treat. Usually we would be giving you a, a Chris and Jason episode, but Santa came early and he delivered an actual celebrity um, mm-hmm. to, to the How Long Gone metaverse. So you're welcome. And, and just like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, uh, as it pertains to the Jewish community, this is just one of many gifts to come. It's not a it's not a Christmas. Here's your present. See you next year. This is just yeah, that's true. This is just one ingredient in a menagerie yeah, yeah. Le- of guests. Yeah, we're we're a Hanukkah forward as far as you know. Eight days is, is kind of the gift mm-hmm. vi- the gift vibe that we give. But let's uh, 
Let's tap in with Lena and see what's going on. I'm sorry for the delay. I was literally chasing my dogs through the yard, trying to get them to reenter um, the home because I'm really bad at country life. Country life. That makes two, two of us, and I'm not even a city kid like you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. It's really it's really a problem. And I come up here with all these delusions. I ha- have a house outside the city with, that I share with my parents, and I come up here with all these delusions, and then it's just me like – chasing my dogs through the yard screaming and upsetting my neighbors is there like a hot tub or anything so not a hot (laughs) so not a hot tub (laughs) if you came up you'd be like this is there's just like a library of old science fiction books and like my dad's modeling clay yeah that's that's not like a sexy is there there maybe like a is there a bog anywhere there's fully a bog there's a valley there's a valley basically it's just my mom being like check yourself for ticks and then a fight, a fight about what time dinner is. And then I, th- I thought I would differentiate. So I built another house 10 feet from behind my parents' house. So now it's just my phone ringing and my dad being like, turn your lights off. We share an electricity bill. <laughs> God damn it. That is, it's, you love it though. I feel like you, it's the, you like the punishment. I really do. And con- like my, every conversation I have with my friends is me being like, I really need to create some boundaries. And I'm being like, yeah, but if you really felt that way, would you have built a home 10 feet behind your parents? Yeah, I know. That's true. As your place to quote unquote relax. And my <laughs> husband, my poor husband is here with me for the first time. And he's literally in the kitchen right now, like making an omelet under my dad's instruction. I feel like a monster. Damn. Hey, babe, babe, I got to go podcast with these guys. So if you just hang out with my dad, that's what I, that's what I said. And then he was like, can you stay to finish the omelet? And I was like, I can't be 10 minutes late. These guys are cool dudes. Damn right. These are hip dudes who I never thought would want to speak to me. I can't be 10 minutes late because of your fucking omelet. That's the respect we deserve. That's the respect we deserve. Also, it's a little late for an omelet, but that's just me. You know, the Europeans eat omelets for dinner, don't that's true he referred to it as breakfast i didn't question him because (laughs) but yes it's late you're like we're newly married i didn't question him i didn't want to start like a whole thing you know what i mean i don't want to start a thing i'm letting some stuff go because we're only a couple months in but yeah that's and also if he if he's gonna be in the dunham family he's got to learn how to make an omelet on his own doesn't he yeah he does and if he's gonna be i mean he's already been put through so much my mother took him she was like i want to take luis to his first american supermarket (laughs) and then she chose one that was 45 minutes away and so he had to do 45 minutes of car time with my mom each way just because she thought it was a more sort of of, more representative (laughs) sure what what does your mom i would love to know what your mother thinks the most representative uh grocery store in america is well the thing is is that the one she chose is not the one she it shows her sort of like like coastal delusion because the one she chose is like an upscale grocery store like a more of a more of an artisanal market maybe it's more of an italy it's called guido's <laughs> okay okay it's more of an italy it's more of an italy like you couldn't really in good conscience call it a super you can't call something a supermarket if they like make their own pancetta <laughs> yeah i agree with you 100%. so you, your mom took him to a provisions house and not a supermarket <laughs> 150% correct. It's like this, the place where we live in outside the city has an interesting, it's like sort of like half of it is provisions house. Half of it is like full meth. And yeah, yeah, you yeah. can sort of make your decisions. And I tend to be attracted to the messier um, side of things. Mm-hmm. Different kind of provision. Thank you, my love. I'm just going to show off. 
Thank you so much. For the listeners at home, look at this omelet, guys. Do you want to describe it? To Damn, you, you have some country loaf there as well. I know. So that's, I love that's, you. That's, and my husband that's nice. kissed you on the head. I feel really, we have some country bread. I'm going to try to eat quietly during your bites. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> when we had Leslie Arfin on the podcast, I remember her husband made her a sandwich and she ate it the whole time unapologetically during the podcast, <laughs> didn't try to eat quietly. And it was a power move that honestly I was turned on by almost. Um, Leslie Arfin, like, is I mean, having spent a lot of time with her in my life, that surprises me in no way and is so fucking <laughs> on brand and impressive. But I, as someone who both feels disgusting and has a podcast of my own, I would never chomp loudly during your podcast. Yeah, because I, I we we love to talk to fellow elite podcasters. That kind of gets our gets us going a little bit. And I noticed those headphones you have on. That's no joke. You're, you're not. You don't have the Beat Studio headphones on. You got. I feel like I'm watching that Beatles doc right now <laughs> with you. With you got those cans. Exactly, on. I'm gonna yeah. brag, which is these are actually my 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 husband's a musician, and these are his professional headphones. He knows. Which I also use for elite podcasting. <laughs> you should see my my podcast partner, my podcast wife. You guys know what it's like to have a podcast spouse. Yes. Watching her proudly change the batteries in her microphone is she's like every 30 minutes. She's like, I've got, I'm sorry, we've got a hold. I've got to change batteries. And I'm like, you just want to show us that you know how to use this piece of equipment. And uh, that's impressive. Yeah. Actually, I just met your podcast wife when we had our live show in New York. She was a, what a, what a great gal she is. She's the best. She's the chicest. She's the smartest. She's the coolest. I never, Mm -hmm. I never really thought I'd have a friend like that. That's how incredible she is. Um, and she told me she had a lot of fun at your live show. She got wasted. We did a lot of um, indoor smoking in the green room, so <laughs> it really felt like I was like mm. watching the Strokes in two thousand one kind of vibe. So and- cool! I just um, quit all forms of. I, I'm the only asshole who started smoking at age thirty three with like a, cro- a serious chronic illness. It was sort of a. Okay. It was a fuck you to the world that was really a fuck you to myself. The finger, the finger, the finger turned inward. Yes, and the fingers smelled bad. And the thing, and the, <laughs> one of the things that made me stop is I was smoking. Like I was living in London, I was smoking hand rolled cigarettes, and I woke up one morning and realized I had like a yellowed finger. Oh man! And I was like, I can't, I can't be this person. Like I am literally, I'm playing with fire when I just wake up in the morning. How could I be adding this to the mix? I've been smoking for two weeks, and I look, my hands look like Pete Doherty's. Something's <laughs> got to give. Exactly. <laughs> We got to fix energy this. was. And I was like, I'm not a person who like, I'm also like, if someone's, if I, if someone's going to get a side effect from a medication, it's me. Mm-hmm. If someone's going to get lung cancer, it's me. I'm not going right. to be the William Burroughs of smoking. I'm going to be Amy <laughs> Winehouse of smoking. You're not going to do it for a deten- for attention. You're doing it for destruction. Yes. And I don't want that. I don't want that gig. Whereas my husband stylishly smokes like one cigarette per evening while looking at the moon. And that's a different. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Jason thinks he looks mm-hmm. like smoking. And I've tried to tell him that it's not quite that. He tells you he's looking at the moon, but he's playing angry birds on his mobile just to let you know. So you're hundred percent correct. <laughs> since, um, I, since I'm a podcaster, I want to turn the question towards you guys, which is mm-hmm. how does it feel to be elite cool guy podcasters? I've listened to the pod. I've read the press. You guys are really taking over this pandemic <laughs> with your kind of you remind me in the best way of like it's 2004 and I met some funny guys at Luke and Leroy's like <laughs> what cool energy to be 
shopping around. Take that. like, That's great. Guys where you're like, I met these really funny guys. Should we like meet up with them for, <laughs> should we meet up with them at Cinderella tomorrow and steal some things? Like it's really cool. Not, not to like hook up with them, but like not, not hook up with <laughs> That's us. That's exactly. You know? like, something might happen. But it's not our goal. It's like not the goal, but if at the end of the night everyone hooks up, it's fine. <laughs> Nothing is more 2004 than that. No, it's like when my friends and I went over to a guy named Fred Beebe's house and like slept over on his mattress and we're like, who's going to get fingered? We're not sure. <laughs> and it feels good to to rediscover that energy because I've been away from it for a long time. Yeah. That's a that's something that we didn't aim to provide, but I'm feeling very satisfied that we did. Yeah. Um and it look, it feels great. I mean, this is all fairly new still, you know what I mean? So I think that that the um the the train is is still rolling. But yeah, it's been really but, fun. But also I mean, the, the you know, you're only as elite and cool as you know the eye of the beholder. There's always someone else more true. elite yeah. and more cool, but you have to you got to stop the tracks at some point if you want to make a buck, you know? The coolest podcast in the entire world make $38 a week on Patreon. And, 100%. You know, they still got to work at an Amazon facility. I pretty much don't talk to straight guys, so this is a big... <laughs> We've heard that a few times that, that that's kind of... We yeah. we get a pass there, luckily. So that that really warms my heart more than a Luke and Leroy. <laughs> well, Chris, Chris is, is good at is... gay baiting. I'm good at code switching, so we're like a nice little... <laughs> You know, it's kind of it kind of feels like a conjugal visit with a straight guy, doesn't it? I liked. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what it is, because I liked like I read about you before I started listening. And I liked that it took me a second to understand that I was dealing with heterosexuals. The minute you were piped into my headphones, I knew I was dealing with heterosexuals. (laughs) And that's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. There's still a few of us left on this planet. We've definitely had like turbo gay guests who halfway through the show are like, Wait, you guys are straight? Yeah. And we're like, yeah, we're straight. And they're yeah, like, like, what the fuck? And they're, they're, they're like trying to hit the button that says leave meeting. Yeah, here. totally. They're raising their <laughs> hand with a concerned question. There's like that emoji that's like a skeptical like guy with like um, detective's glasses mm-hmm, on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, recently, I recently was exposed to... There's a thing where people, you can like raise your hand in Zoom with like a Zoom emoji. And that's something that people do. I know. I just saw, (laughs) I'm not going to name names. By the way, if you guys are looking at me and I'm squinting, it looks, I look like a cartoon of someone who got jizz in her eye, but it's salad. (laughs) It's salad dressing. Oh, you've got a bit of, uh, quote unquote, the lad's vinaigrette in the eye again, haven't you? That's exactly (laughs) correct, sir. But, um, yeah, I saw a very successful, famous actress raise her hand uh, in a in a Zoom meeting using the raising hand emoji, oh, no. and I was like, God damn it. I was like, bitch, you're an Oscar nominee. You can just talk." It feels like a weird extension of like consent gone too far. Like you can just we're on a Zoom to yeah, talk. Everyone Everybody just, just talk. talks. That's the only point. That's I'm the surprised only point. Helen Mirren knows how to even use that button. <laughs> say like my zoom manners are getting so lax i think it's like today is the last day you guys are on my last day before my christmas holiday begins oh yeah holiday is a loose term because i work from bed and i never stop but you know this is my last (laughs) one of my last scheduled meetings but i feel like it's been getting real lazy like before i had some thing where i didn't like 
Like now I'm literally like picking up the computer and having it on a tour through the home with me while I like tidy things up. Like this is this is the first Zoom you've done in a week where you're wearing a shirt is what you're saying. Yes. This is the first Zoom I've done in a week where like I've done anything to arrange. I mean, I'm talking to straight guys. I had to like arrange myself a little bit. Interesting. So would you arrange less in a safe gay space if we were? Yes. If we, oh, I'd be wearing a nightgown if you were gay. <laughs> You'd, you'd be wearing a Homer Simpson moo-moo. Yes, 100%. I just found I was going through things, and I just found a bra I purchased at a vintage store when I was 27 or so that is like a cotton bra printed with Garfield eating lasagna. <laughs> and I was like... Are you good? <laughs> Do you say, am I good? Yeah, are you, are you good? Not sure. I'm like concerned. I was like, who did I think, who did I think was the audience for this? Because it's interesting bra. It's like sort of a risque shape, but the pattern is... Okay, so there's a ver- there's a very s- certain type of fella who's going to be like, I haven't gone soft looking at this bra. Yeah, who's going to be like, I love your Garfield bra. So it has a little bit of a sexy cut to it, despite having lasagna printed on it. Well, it has to have the, it has to have the sexy cut to it. Otherwise... Sexy cut sobering print <laughs> yeah the titty the titties the titties garfield <laughs> kind of when those come together yeah that's a yeah. rare fella there's, there's three gonna, guys gonna... out there who would like that and god bless you if you can find one of them i know i know i just i was like pulling it out the other day and i was like should i show this to my husband i was like why don't i just keep it in the sort of like <laughs> you know there's a lot like he's never seen girls and i'm like there's a lot that i just like to think like is publicly available for him to discover and yet i'm somehow magically keeping private do you think that will remain the case well i think you mean that he's never seen girls because we talk about this a lot on the podcast because jason and his girlfriend don't follow each other on instagram and he claims that's the secret to their relationship and now i'm hearing that other people are doing that but you can't you can't go back like you have to start like well that. does that mean that you don't know what your girlfriend's instagram personality is like well i kind of know a little bit because i have seen it here and there like we don't block each other i could i could pull up her profile and look at it if i if i choose to and i probably have done it a couple times but she's a wardrobe stylist so most of her instagram is just pictures of her work anyway how long have you two been together We've been together like four years. We actually just got engaged um, a couple months ago in Italy. Congratulations in Italy. We got engaged mm-hmm. at Italy. <laughs> Culver, at the, at the Westfield Mall. It was really nice. Century City. By the way, I love going to that Century City Mall and enjoying like just like a little cappuccino at Italy and like a small, like it feels so perverted. <laughs> I'd never been. I had never been until a couple weeks ago. I had to do some, um, Alex and I, my girlfriend and I were, were doing some shopping for my twin nieces for the holidays. Oh, yeah. I love, I love malls like in a deep way. I'm from Atlanta where that's our culture. Yeah. Like malls are part of our, our DNA. Yeah. And man, it felt like a warm hug walking into that shit. Oh, it was great. I love malls because I grew up in New York. We, and in Soho, we didn't even have like any chain stores, much less malls. And so, my friends, my like friend Isabel and I, who were both like downtown New York kids, used to beg our moms to take us to the Paramus Mall so we could go to the Limited too. And so, like <laughs> to me, like that reverse commute into New Jersey to get like baby teas with ice cream cones on them was what you're looking for. The most chic, glamorous, and I remember like coming home with like a bag of just like two dollar crap from the Paramus Mall and being like, "You can't get." 
<laughs> fancier than I am. Now that's what I call perverted, Lena. But I know. I know. But you know, when when you're you know, you always want to be different. You always want to get something that nobody else has. And if you're a Soho kid, mm-hmm. you, you're going to have to go to the Paramus Mall, wherever the fuck that is, yeah. and hit the limited to T O O. I'm so happy you know that, and that's why you're a straight guy that I can talk to. Um, that's cool <laughs> about not following your girlfriend on Instagram. I mean, I think this was like we met. We got together. He had never seen the show. And then one by the time that it even occurred to him to watch it, it was like, I live with this person. So why would I watch? Mm, it's going to be a little much. It's going to be a it's little like much. It's like watching 30 hours of your <laughs> wife is insane. <laughs> it's also like 30 hours of me like getting railed by men he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Getting railed by Adam Driver, for Christ's sake. Well, yeah. I was going to say, like, 30 hours of me, like, taking it from behind in a semi-violent way from Kylo Ren is, like, not what my husband fully needs to experience. No, he's an open he's an open person who, and I think he wouldn't. A man can only be so open. At a certain point, he's like, oh. Yeah, you, you can only be so cool. I know. A man, a man can only be so cool. No, I feel that same way, like I was saying, my, my girlfriend is a, a stylist, and she did a shoot a few months ago with Adrian Brody, who, oh, yeah. you know, I don't have to tell you. An OG sexy creep face. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's been creepy and sexy since you guys have been in diapers. Oh, my mom's friend, Sylvia Placci, is his mom. And I remember my mom telling me when I that her <laughs> okay. friend's son was a- Adrian Brody and me being like, well... I've got, I found my way in. <laughs> yeah. yeah I now mean, I honestly. finally have a way to fuck Adrian Brody, but she, she simply did a photo <laughs> shoot where she just like put him in a few different outfits and like spent four hours with him. And I was just like, I don't want to fucking hear about it. I don't even want, <laughs> I don't want you to tell me that the shoot went well and the photos came out nicely and the magazine was happy with them. I'm just like, zero words should be spoken about this because I know how you feel about it. It'd be like if, like, hey, babe, I had Dua Lipa come over and I gave her a massage. She's going to be like, all right, I'm done. Are you, are you very um, into Dua Lipa? I mean, you know, I'm a straight guy with a penis and a brain. But, I mean, I, I'm not, like, <laughs> That's, infatuated with her. But, you know. I don't like I, I don't like Dua. Dua is one of Jason's top picks. I'm a little more refined with, with you know, what, what I'm <laughs> I'd love to know. I'm curious because, like, I feel a little bit out of the loop. Like, who are the top picks these days for you guys? For two couple of smart guys who, you know, are, are a couple of, as the kids would say, respectful kings. Uh-huh. <laughs> who, who do you, who do you fancy? We were just talking about this the other night, actually. And, and cause, cause I don't think Alex was just like, I don't really think about celebrity dudes like that. She was like, I just don't, I don't think women think about it the same way as men do. Well, my thing is like, I don't, and I definitely don't now that I've met, like, Nothing will turn you off more than meeting an actor. Oh, yeah. You thought this guy was hot. You do one table read. Oh, it's over. I, literally, though, you're right. Like, there's nothing. Like, if I meet actresses, I'm often like, ooh, she's incredible. I want to be her friend. Mm-hmm. I want to know her. When I meet actors, I'm like, let's never revisit this. <laughs> I mean, there are some great ones. The pussy just dries right up. <laughs> Gotta say, just because I don't love vanity in a man, it's not hot to me. Like, if a man yeah. has highlights, it's just over. 
It's over. Lena, to be fair, mine are natural. It's kind of from the sun in LA. <laughs> okay. I don't want you to, I don't want you I'm to get not, caught up I'm on not. that. Or, 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 or you'll hear it a lot of like, if a guy ever like posts a, a selfie photo of them, yeah, then that's like a big deal breaker in terms of the vanity. Oh no, well. there's a lot of deal breakers. I'm plugging in my um, computer while we talk, by the way. That's why I'm bending over and looking carried. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no worries, bro. And also, I'm sorry that my dogs are like, what, what, deeply worked up at the moment it's just that's okay i'll clean this all up in post girl it thank you baby it's about to be christmas i don't have the energy to even pretend to you that i care (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i i I also when you meet an actor in real life and you see the clothes that they dress themselves with their own brain versus the clothes that are given to them by a stylist or a hundred or you know in a film, you're like, oh, that's the clothes. That's the clothing you picked out for yourself. This is a, a massive turnoff. Well, it's like I thought that you were like a man who knew how to layer, and instead you're like wearing a a Dodgers t-shirt. It's just really. <laughs> but but like there are definitely some like my friend. I just made a movie with my friend John Bernthal, and he, it's like you know he's it's a totally brotherly relationship, but he's. He's like everything you would want him to be. It's like, you're like, this guy plays like cool, funny, tough, smart dudes in movies. And like, he's more than that all the way. But like, the reason that was so amazing to me is I was like, it's the first time it's ever happened, basically. Mm. It blew your mind. It took you. Yeah, it blew my mind. I was like, I can't believe that like in real life, you really are like a Muay Thai fighter or whatever, because like most (laughs) of the time, (laughs) most of the time it's someone being like, I re- like um, <laughs> when I read that Jeremy Strong profile and it said he broke his foot running in dress shoes. I was like, I've worked with nine actors who broke their feet running in dress shoes. Like, <laughs> I don't know why anyone's making fun of Jeremy Strong for something that all these motherfuckers are doing. And <laughs> it's a rite of passage in the end. It, like, yeah, yeah, it sounds 100%. like, yeah, it sounds like a hundred percent. I mean, Chris recently suffered an ankle injury from walking around London too much in a pair of not worn in La Mer boots. So, it can happen to the, it can happen to your best friend or neighbor. But it, can, it can happen to someone you love, and maybe we should make a PSA. But um, here's my question: Do you guys like my wallpaper? Oh, it's 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 quite festive. Yeah, the tour we've the tour we've gotten of the country house so far, even though it was not the point, it's nice. Thank you. That means a lot. I only am asking because I just moved in and I built it during the pandemic. And the best detail was that my father was overseeing the renovation. It's a very small house. It's a modest house. Mm-hmm. I want you to know it's just a mere one bedroom. One bedroom. One bedroom with a couple of nooks. Where does the valet sleep? <laughs> my husband sleeps in the big house with my parents um, and we're still adjusting to that yeah. We're, yeah it's all new i told you it's all new. i'm not it's quite new. ready i'm not quite ready <laughs> but uh what does it say is that my dad oversaw the renovation and speaking of he sent me a photograph of shirtless men installing the roof and he wrote hot guys in quotes on your roof <laughs> and i was like thanks papa and Damn. then he was like they they were they were hot they were hot but it was just i was like thanks for this eye candy i got it at like 10 a.m at work that's a cool that's a cool text to get from your dad though i can't say i've ever yeah. gotten something like that i would love i can't wait to have kids and text my daughter you like what you see pick to some random laborers <laughs> my dad firstly my dad texts me all the time like sup bitch he's 70 he's so funny my dad was like og like he used to say like in a really like he's 
really waspy. My mom's really Jewish and my dad's really waspy. And my dad used to say, like, before Eddie was saying it, he'd be like, get up out my grill, kid. Like, he's really funny. And in a way that, like, if you get it, you get it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, he, we were at dinner last night and we were talking about when my relationship with my husband started and how, why I liked him as a texter so much because we were introduced via text. I was like, you know, he was really, I was like, I'm used to like talking to a guy for two minutes and suddenly he texts you pick of ass. And my dad was like, (laughs) and my dad was like, pick of ass. And he was so shaken. And then he was like, what was that guy Russian? And I was like, he actually, and I was like, here's the best detail. I was like, Papa, he was Russian. You're right. In Soviet Russia, ass take pick of you. Pick of ass. And like, the thing that's fun is like, some people can't say things like that to their dad. But my dad is like, so intellectual. He's like, very much just like, um, an observer of culture. So he can like, unemotionally hear that a guy texted me pick of ass. And he's just interested Mm -hmm. in it on a social level. I think Papa sounds a lot like me, how I might be in his situation. So you're a good example of what my spawn might turn out like. He's cool and fun. And I feel like you would be a similar (laughs) thing. And and don't have your kids call you Papa. It's creepy. (laughs) And the energy is weird. Oh, I know. I wasn't going to say anything, <laughs> oh, but yeah. I did I mean. it because like I was really obsessed with like um like G- like Jane Austen books and Jane Eyre and stuff as a kid and all the girls called their dad's papa. Mm-hmm. And so I trained myself to call him papa. Like I switched from consciousness. That's that's more of a papa and I think papa is a little bit of your own flavor added to. Yeah, it. and Alyssa always in a, when we're in, whenever we have any kind of issue she goes, "Papa, where are you, papa?" And I'm like, "Oh god." <laughs> um <laughs> And but my mom said I can't call her mama because it makes her feel fat. <laughs> mama does have some of that energy to it. Yeah. So so back to who? So your girlfriend was like, I don't find male actors hot in that way. But who are your? No, it's not like it's not like she doesn't find them hot. I think it's just like I don't think women think about that as often as men think about that. Like we're in a group chat where there's a pic of Dua Lipa once a week minimum. And is it just like, you're like, Oh, she's looking good today. I like this fit. No, no, no. I'm jacking off to a photo of her every single day, every (laughs) single day. Whereas, whereas my fiance does not touch herself to a photo of Adrian Brody. Yeah. I mean, we're not that respectful. We're, we're respectful to a point. Yeah. Um, I'm into more, I mean, I'm into like a Leia Seydoux, Sophia Coppola, Chloe Sev. No, type. no, no. Oh, His wow. number one is Haley Baldwin. He's Haley Baldwin. He's burying the lead. But Haley Baldwin has absolutely nothing to do with the gallery of indie icons you just named. Like, agreed. Because agreed. Lena, Lena, you're going to learn quickly that I contain multitudes and. To quote Walt Whitman, your house has many mansions. Exactly. Exactly. Ooh, Thank you for um, bringing that one stings. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I am interested because I know Leia Seydoux, Sophia Coppola, Chloe Seff. Can I say something? I don't want to push a psychological reading, but is it almost like you want to be that guy, but in some ways you really are the Haley Baldwin guy? Damn, oh. damn. It really makes you think. Yeah. I feel like there's a Walt there's a Walt quote for that as well, Lena. You got something <laughs> under your under your hat? A hundred percent. Well, I think what we're saying there, I think what we're saying there is like you're a bit of a like it's a bit of a Philip Rothian mm-hmm. who I am versus the man inside me kind of. I, I struggle I struggle with all of these things, but um I think it's my you know, I my imposter syndrome of being around smart people and sophisticated people when I'm just merely a, a bumpkin from the suburbs of Atlanta. 
who has graduated. So I think maybe I'm maybe that's part of it. Can I say, though, that that psychology because you clearly are smart and clearly are sophisticated. But that psychology of like, I'm just a bumpkin is the psychology that's made every man who's hurt me hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I once had a boyfriend say to me, how is this ever going to work out if you're an intellectual and I'm just a thug? (laughs) This was like a Jewish man. This was a straight up Jewish man. I had a feeling okay. it wasn't he wasn't actually a thug. I was going to ask, but I kind of I assumed. would never firstly I would never use the word thug, but secondly it's like he wasn't he wasn't a heavy in the mafia. He was like a Jewish man who just like had chosen not to go to college. You you weren't being courted by you weren't being courted by DMX, rest in peace, or something like that. I mean, he was a Jewish a Jewish man who chose not to go to college is really good. I'm simply a thug who's running his sh- father's shoe business. I don't know what you would want with That's me. That's literally literally the energy, but like, but I was like, oh, these people who are like, you're an intellectual and you are like going to best me with your the sophistication of your opinions so i'm like gonna use that as an excuse to like devalue myself but in the process hurt you deeply Mm. i'm not saying you've done that to anyone chris i'm Mm. not saying that it's an open door for gaslighting and you know us straights love to do that we invented that we make it look good Mm -hmm. vroom vroom i know actually the level of style that you bring to gaslighting because when women try to gas i'm saying women do almost everything better but when women try to gaslight each other it's clunky it's clunk it's clunky isn't it yeah, yeah it doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't work in the same way damn i never thought about i never really unpacked gaslighting mm-hmm. as it pertains to to sex i had to explain love but like in a great way lou i'll stop saying my husband because it sounds very smug lewis uh-huh who I am married to. <laughs> Alyssa also always goes, my husband, who's my husband, who's chosen to marry me. <laughs> so dramatic. Lewis, like, in a great way, is, like, not that, he's not that up on Instagram culture. He's not up on, like, new pop psychology terms. And when we met, I had to explain triggering to him. I had to explain gaslighting to him. And I had to explain love bombing to him. Ooh. Can you explain love bombing to me? Love bombing is like something that's attributed sort of to certain kind of narcissistic personalities or whatever. Often it it can be both sexes do it, but women talk a lot about having it done to them, which is basically when you meet someone and they like attack you with uh, praise, connection. It often like people who are love addicts might either be very receptive to love bombing or do a lot of love bombing. And so you've basically been so kind of um, your guard has been let down so deeply by a sense of someone being enamored with you that by the time they start slipping in like dark, uncomfortable and inappropriate behaviors, you're already supple in their hands. Wow. Very well put. Yeah. Very well put. Much like a golden retriever licking you. Knowing that he's going to shit on your pillow. That I thought you were going to say bite you and where you took it was different and good. <laughs> yeah, I had to explain love bombing to my husband. And he was like, but isn't love bombing just being nice? Great question. It's being, Great being nice in a toxic way. It's being nice in a toxic way. Like, I'll tell you the best example of love bombing. I was seeing someone who I knew was a problem, but it happens sometimes. And we were going on like a little road trip. And I was like, can I pick you anything up? And I was like, sure, I'd love a kombucha, what I'm drinking right now. Uh-huh. And the sober woman's uh, rosé. And he <laughs> he was like, okay, great. And then we get in the car and he handed me a kombucha and I started to drink it. And he was like, do you notice the name of the flavor? And I looked and it was called love. <laughs> 
that's 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 love bombing that's corny i don't know if it's love bombing yeah it was the whole thing was dramatic it lasted like about two weeks and had just like peaks and valleys and troughs and where was the hold on where was the road trip where where did this take place we were headed to santa barbara okay so an la to a classic la to santa barbara road trip a classic la to santa barbara with like a stop so that we could admire the surf, you know, of course, of course. I was just making sure I was just making sure it wasn't long distance. I didn't know if it was like, let's do the whole California coast type. Well, I will tell you when I was 22, I mean, that would be insane. (laughs) When I was like 22, there was this guy who was basically spending one night with every girl in my friend group. And let's just say it was my turn. It wasn't an intentional thing. He just, he was just good. He was just fucking good. And he was sophisticated. Let me guess, though. Let me guess. Was he a little bit older, maybe? Oh, yeah. A little bit older, <laughs> but not too much so that it was creepy. Of course. Of course. I went home with him one night from, I'm going to date myself here, the Jane Hotel. <laughs> it's, you know, Lena, I don't want to burst your bubble, but the Jane Hotel is back in a big way. We can talk about that. We can talk about that after your story. Oh, no. Because I had some very <laughs> stressful nights there. And I remember like... That's the cocaine. I remember being stressed there as well. <laughs> <laughs> remember like wearing this like little red dress from top shop and like it coming home from jane hotel and being like why is this ripped to shreds but um (laughs) but so i said who mauled me i who mauled me so i went home with this guy from the jane hotel and then he was like hey do you want to be the date to my friend's wedding in kentucky next weekend and we can drive there and i was like a hundred percent absolutely that seems like a great choice i'll take four days off from my job at the children's clothing store and we can drive to kentucky and back And literally, by the time we got to New Jersey, it was evident that, like, not only would we never kiss again, we hated each other. And, like, (laughs) the road trip was, it was like, by the time we got to Washington, D.C., we were sleeping in a Motel 6 in two different twin beds. Like, it was. No, 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 And why I wasn't just like, I'm going to turn around, we're only in New Jersey. But it's like, you know, when you're young and you're just like, I made this choice and I have to stick to it. I'm living with this. Commit to the bit. Yes, commit to the bit is exactly right. And by the time we got to Kentucky, I mean, we were shattered. Mm-hmm. This sounds this sounds like that Zola film, doesn't it? It, <laughs> yeah, this is it the, didn't have the beginning of Zola. It didn't have some of the dra- certain drama of Zola, and like there was obviously not a human. Tra- I mean, not obviously. There's no human trafficking element <laughs> that we know of. That we know you of. Don't, you barely know this guy. You barely know this guy. It's so true. And, um, but yeah, so no, but this road trip was just to Santa Barbara and he did love bomb me. And then he did mention how attracted he was to multiple other women I worked with. And I was like, I need to remove myself from the situation. And it's, but I sort of share that also not just to make myself sound sad, but it's like, even if in your life you feel like a sophisticated businesswoman who's on, like, I feel pretty on top of my shit. Like mm-hmm. I've been in my career for over a decade. I feel pretty good about my relationships, but even then mm-hmm. you can get love bombed on a short road trip. <laughs> yeah. No matter what. And that probably feel, and, and that makes it even more frustrating when you're, when you, when you fall into that trap. I'm yeah. But I feel very lucky. I mean, Hearing that the Jane Hotel is back in a big way makes me feel so fucking lucky to be out of the dating pool. We had a party in New York during our tour, and uh, the guy that we had DJ was a friend of a friend of a friend, and he's like, "Oh yeah, he does the he has the Jane every Wednesday." I'm like, "The Jane Hotel? You mean the the the, the Jane from 2008?" He's like, 
Oh, I don't know about 2008, but yeah, he he DJs the the Jane. Oh my God, I remember seeing the Olsen twins there and being like, I much like when I left the Paramus Mall, I will never be fancier than I am in this moment. <laughs> the Olsen twins were heavily at the club in that era. Like I would see them at Kate's joint, like having vegan brunch. You know what I mean? I have not like, thought that's about it. I have not thought about Kate's joint in so fucking long. Like the thing about <laughs> me was that I was like I was at all of those places, but just like to the side of a much hotter indie girl. So like <laughs> I was just like Jemima Kirk sidekick at Bungalow Eight, <laughs> like <laughs> drinking a Diet Coke because my fake ID didn't work. So I like I was at Kane's Joint. I tried to I tried to hook up with a waiter from Angelica's Kitchen. I've done it, but <laughs> but I wasn't like you're not gonna find me in a picture from last night's party unless it's like me <laughs> looking panicked, looking for my bag, you know. Unless there's a, a patron asking you where the restroom is or something. One hundred and fifty percent. My ba- I will say, you know, I used to my I went to college in New York for one year before I transferred to Ohio, and during that year, I was very into going to Miss Shapes and mm-hmm. and I had like a series of looks I had put together that in hindsight were so tr- like I had one sweater that was like a low cut sweater with like an attached Elizabethan clown collar like just <laughs> things that you're like oh well, no look, in your def- in your defense <laughs> the the height of the Miss Shapes era is one of the worst dressed times in our history the amount of fucking neon that I owned from American Apparel that I would like layer with carefully and then match with like a pleather heel is like it was fun though it was fun at the time i was having a great time but like i looked like an aerobics instructor (laughs) who lived in deep florida yeah the looks did not age well for the fellas either no but but speaking of which i was there with some of my pals and a guy came up to me and he was like, you're the prettiest girl in this place. I, or I knew I, that there was, there had to be some pretty girls in this place. And I was like, are you talking to me? And he was like, love bomb. And he was like, can I get you something to drink? And I, at the time did not drink. And now again, I do not drink. I was like, well, yeah, I'd love a vitamin water. <laughs> and he went around the corner to no. the bodega <laughs> and bought me a vitamin water. You have to fuck him after that. I did something insane to show off for the guy I did have a crush on, and I took one sip of it and I said, it's the wrong flavor, and I handed it to my friend. You're a monster. A monster, and I feel so bad about it to this day, and I believe that he was in the entourage of Good Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> This story has a lot of twists and turns, I must say. I know. To be fair, Good Charlotte was was around a lot during that era. You know, they would be at cool guy functions mysteriously with, with the invite. Uh, it was it was. Do you remember um, also that there was a guy? I was recently telling Lewis about this. There was a guy who looked just like Julian Casablancas and would take girls home, and they would think that they were going home with Julian Casablancas, and they just realized it was like a dude named Jeff. That's that's actually what Jason was doing in L.A., but it was just a. Di- <laughs> that's called stroke fishing, and not everyone can pull it off. <laughs> oh my god! And then like. I remember meeting the real Julian Casablancas and being like, I don't know anymore. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice to meet you, Jeff. Jason, how do you make your Zoom background all sexy and like, um, like, like soft blurry? There's, there's a little function where you can have your background be blurred. I'm only, I'm only doing that because my office is currently being 
kind of remodeled so there's just like shit everywhere is my office is being remodeled code for i'm in rehab <laughs> it does it does sound like that and jason's office does kind of have a rehab vibe if you take out the computer but you look like you're in a fucking sleeper cell chris come on when i went to rehab i told everyone i was at a writer's retreat well some of us don't have how long did you go 30 days i went for 30 days how was your roommate I had a single. Does that really like, is that cheap? Mm, that's, that's called the rich difference right there. I like I'm that. I'm so <laughs> sorry to say that I was housed alone, but uh, I wasn't allowed to have a lock on my door. Okay, that's something. Where was it? Cal- was this upstate or in LA or California? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Oh, no. You really want, you really wanted to quit. Damn. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I went to Massachusetts for 30 days with no lock on my door. And you know what? It was, I loved it. I loved it. Like the way I thought I would feel about summer camp is how I felt about rehab. They don't even know what kombucha is over there in Massachusetts. How'd you get by? Actually, the food was great, but I gained like 25 (laughs) pounds. But that's also like because I would literally like go down to the kitchen in the night and make myself four butter sandwiches to like. (laughs) Well, you know, a lot a lot of us, you know, I I luckily as as a fellow sober queen, I I luckily didn't get. Yes, my queen. I didn't get addicted to like candy, which I was really happy about. I didn't. I had a brief (laughs) sort of like whatever was have me moment and now i actually (laughs) feel like i don't know i'm addicted to i'm addicted to work and um feeling that other people consider me to be functional well i mean those are both more i'm addicted to exercise and podcasting so i guess that you know everybody's winning by the way i would do anything to be addicted to exercise (laughs) that's incredible have you tried hypnotism or or ayahuasca any drastic measures i mean no you mean to get myself into exercise yeah this sounds like a joke but it's not i have a connective tissue i have a genetic connective tissue disease that causes my joints to pop in and out of their sockets so like most are most aerobic exercise is quite challenging for me which sounds like uh, like I spent all my childhood being like, I'm so sorry. I can't do gym class. My ankle hurts. My knee hurts. My thigh hurts. And they were like, this kid is absurd. I want to say who has the last laugh, except that I have a degenerative <laughs> illness. So it's not a satisfying gotcha moment. We're a no. bit, you know, you, you have all this space upstate, you know, maybe one of those nooks should be filled with an infrared sauna. You know what I mean? And then you just get really into that. It's a great, my, there's actually, um, my parents have a little infrared kind of thing you can crawl into and mm-hmm. it's incredible. Let's <laughs> call an oven, babes. It's called a microwave cutie. Um, but, uh, but I am really into this mat. Uh, there's this like mat that's full. That's an infrared mat that has like healing crystals in it that I've spent called a bio mat. And I've spent a lot of time on a bio mat in my day. I honestly, you know what I got addicted to when I got sober was like therapy, various methods of like dubious self-improvement and filling my day with like unnecessary appointments. You, you do seem, you do seem like an appointment chick. I, I could see that. You know what I mean? You're you're getting you're <laughs> shuffling around all over. You're in LA. You're in Beverly. It's a wonderful distraction. You're you, you're you're seen in Beverly Hills leaving an unspecified medical building. You know what I mean? The Roxbury Drive <laughs> Medical Center. It's where I live. And and by the way, appointment chick is like a whole genre of girl that I'm so fucking excited that you coined because like being an appointment chick is like <laughs> you have to basically my life is scheduled between doctor's appointments and I have such intense opinions about like doctor's waiting room decoration, 
like ways for him. Like I will literally lavish praise on a doctor for like their waiting room art because of how much time I spend in those spaces. And frankly, like the pandemic was so weird because all of these zoom appointments, I was like, I don't even know who I am when I'm not, you know, trying to get an Uber to pull up to like a chiropractor's <laughs> office in Glendale that I've heard is good. Do you, do you live oh. in LA part-time? I, so I've lived between New York and LA for like 10 years, but now at this point I am mostly, I'm between New York and London most of the time. Wow. But, okay. But I do, I do spend time in LA. Well, as a member, as a member of the Hollywood community, it seems like the right thing to do. You know what I mean? Just to kind of remind them. Yeah. Remind them what I'm about. Like, but when I, <laughs> <laughs> but let's just say when I come to town, mm-hmm. I'm not really, it's like, I'm always like, I'm here to do the rounds and then do the rounds is like, I'm in my siblings guest room for three days telling people I have a cold and then I leave. Mm-hmm. Those are the rounds. <laughs> you're not, you're not over it. You're not having a power lunch with your agent. You're just kind of inside. No. I went to my agent's house recently and then it has having a lovely dinner. And then partway through the night, um, my right cheek swelled up and became fluorescent red because I had like, uh, like, even though I do have really good dental hygiene, I had somehow lost a filling and like mm-hmm. that had turned into like a full on like cheek in cheek swelling in- <laughs> incident infection. And I ended up in like an mm-hmm. urgent care in Beverly Hills at one in the morning. And I was like, I can't go out. I can't be, I can't, I, I can't, oh. do, what, I can't what's nice going things. on. What's going on with you, Dunham? I, there's, <laughs> I mean, I'm no expert, but it seems like, I mean, I, I, do your parents suffer from similar afflictions? What's the flora and fauna in there? Uh, yeah. What's going on? I'm the only one. I'm the only one. I have like six or seven diagnoses. I try to be light. I am fairly lighthearted about it, but like, I mean, I've had like so many surgeries, full hysterectomy, and none of the, you know, the organs that are uh, optional. Non-essential, non-essential workers. Non-essential organs. I don't have any of those left. Gallbladder gone. One kidney gone. Tonsils gone. One time the girls on Red Scare said that I seemed like someone who would Uh-oh. get my doctor to remove my uterus for attention. <laughs> and God damn I was it. like, God damn it. And I was like, that's fucked up because this was literally the most traumatic experience of my life. And I like desperately wanted children. And I'm living in a state of extreme heartbreak about what my body's done to me. But it's also a hilarious joke. (laughs) Well, I I can hold both. No, and that's that's the most that's honestly the only kind of people I ever want to be around. You you know, Mm -hmm. that's 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 what you have to be able to do, especially in the line of work that you're in. If you can't do that. It's going to beat you down. It, yeah, it, it is quite painful to hear that in your position. But <clears throat> like I said, committing to the bit. But at the same time, you got to commit to the bit. And like I. A good joke is a good joke. A good joke is a good joke. Um, Joan Rivers once said that my tattoos looked like Stevie Wonder had drawn them and Michael J. Fox filled them in. <laughs> and I was like, that is so rude to everyone involved. But like. <laughs> I bow down and a perfect joke. Yeah. If I had an issue, here's my thing. I actually never mind if the joke is strong. It's just like the amount of people who do a late, like the amount of times I don't look at my Twitter anymore. I haven't in like, I don't, I have someone who does my social media. I have for like three years just because I don't need that in my system. Smart. I recommend it for anyone who can just because I know, or anyone who can just like, like social media, I know we think it's essential, but again, non-essential organ, but 
<laughs> that being said, I like the amount of people who'd be like, I've seen your tits more times than I've seen my own. I'm like, that's not a good joke. It's not a good joke. <laughs> or like, or like it's a four. if someone like takes a picture of my body and puts it next to a picture of like Pillsbury Doughboy, not a good joke, but like it's, mm-hmm. it's a two, let's say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if someone can come up with like a strong, tight joke at my expense, I'm never going to have a problem with that. No, that's the best way to live. That's the to best quote way to live. Melania. Be better. <laughs> and also to quote my Anya, I really don't give a damn <laughs> or whatever her fucking jacket said. I really don't care at all. Yeah. She, yeah. I really don't care at all is the more correct for the first lady of the United States. You know, I mean, we can't have those bad words out there. No, it said I really don't care at all. We were, we were, we were talking about this quickly. I just want you to weigh in. Do you think Baron Trump has had sex? How old is he now? Good question. I can Google it really quick. I feel like, guys, I'm going to say something. I feel like Baron Trump is like the third rail. Like people get in a lot of trouble about talking about Baron Trump. I don't know if I can be a part of this. Do they really? I didn't know that. I thought. What kind of trouble are you talking? He's only 15. Mm. That's that's plenty. He's 15 and 6'7". Didn't someone get. That's very tall. That's all I'll say about Baron Trump is he's tall. I mean. (laughs) Didn't someone get in an enormous amount of trouble for making a joke at Baron Trump's expense? Yeah, I think so. Probably. Really? Well, we only we were only bringing it up because Jason's very tall too, and and so it was kind and of. And Jason's not had sex. Not yet, but he's for his forty second birthday. His his fiance is going to get him a prostitute. It's one of those. That's kind of things. so good. That's so it's good. Really- <laughs> I here's my feeling about jokes in general. Is like there's. There's, I'm very hard to offend on my own behalf. Mm-hmm. And I, but I try to keep, but I can get offended on the behalf of others. It's, mm, sure. I don't know what that is about. And also at this point in my life, like I've had so many brushes with saying what I think is a perfectly acceptable thing to say and other people being like, oh, just FYI, you've crossed the line. Mm-hmm. That at this point, I'm like, I'll talk about myself till the cows come home. And make like a like a, a Luke and Leroy's gag, but I'm sure, sure. It's almost like it's not even like I have to hold myself back because I've just trained myself so extensively to mm-hmm. not talk about Baron Trump's sex life. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, if we didn't if we didn't talk about Baron Trump's sex life, this podcast might not exist. Yeah. We only talk. Well, you guys are. Here's what I'll also say. You guys are cool indie dudes. The standards are different for you. You can keep it funky. <laughs> I am an old. Yeah bitch Mm -hmm. from gen one of the internet of twitter and i cannot keep it funky that's true and it's and it's a it's a privilege that we exploit and take advantage of because if we don't who will well my sibling once said it perfectly we talked about something that someone had said and not gotten in trouble for and they were like Yet another privilege in a white man's privilege backpack. Look, I, I prefer a messenger bag or a rucksack mm-hmm. to hold my privilege. Um, I'm not really... A privilege rucksack. My shoulders kind of act up if I Sometimes wear my... Sometimes I think, like, you know when people are like, if I were invisible for a day, what would I do? Like, what would I do? And I think, like, if I were an attractive, liberal, straight, white guy, what would I do? Like, what could I pull off? Where, where would you go to lunch? Oh, amazing question. <laughs> By the way, hi, lovey. Do you mind that I'm talking? Here, I'll move so you can rest. Okay. My husband's having just a little rest right next to me, which is so nice. Where would I go? Okay. For lunch, I would be like, meet me at the Odeon. Mm-hmm. 
which I have an Odeon tattoo on my butt. <laughs> I think I did know that. And I think that that's totally cool because you grew up. That's your neighborhood local. It's the first place I ever went to f- eat food when I was born. God damn it. That's wild shit. That's wild. Thank you. I went on day seven of my life for brunch at the Odeon. That's the most Lena Dunham shit I ever heard in my fucking life. Yeah, dead ass. I, my parents probably my parents probably drove through Chick Fil A or some shit when I was in the car. You know, and I hear Chick Fil A is delicious. I've never eaten it because by the time it came into my consciousness, I'd already heard it was homophobic. That's yeah. Right. I mean, look, I'm able to support it. I'm able to separate a man and his art in that case. I'm just yeah, I'm, of course. I'm just kidding. Of I don't eat, I don't eat meat. I haven't eaten meat in like 20 years, so I haven't really. What? That's an interesting detail about you. What's going on with you, young lady? My dog. Ingrid is having like a bit of a, I'm going to let her get up onto this bed. Um, but, uh, but love you. I'll be back. Um, guys, I want you to keep in all the cute things that I say to my husband so that the audience knows that I'm desirable. <laughs> no problemo. Okay. Thank you so much. But, uh, okay. If I was a straight dude with, if I had your, um, cultural imprint, I'd like, Tell all my friends to meet me at the Odeon. Okay. I'd have like a really loud conversation about my sex life that was somehow <laughs> charming. And and then I'd like go to APC and try some stuff on. And it all just fits somehow. Yeah. And it all just like sits on my body in a way that makes me feel so appealing. And then probably I would like... <laughs> head over to A24 and like green light <laughs> a film about my lake house <laughs> um, and then I, I would ask out a woman who was intellectually superior to me mm-hmm. take her to King for dinner mm-hmm. <laughs> sleep with her and never talk to her again mm-hmm. Damn, that's that sounds like the perfect day. I mean, I'm, I'm don't don't sleep on getting pulled over and getting out of a DUI easily. I don't know how to drive, but guess what? It wouldn't matter because I drive without a license. Hey, <laughs> I'd make I'd make some gay men feel like I might be interested in them just to get their ketamine. I'll be right back with the baggie. Now you're talking directly about Jason in a way that I didn't know you could. Yeah, thank you. I love. It. Also, you're showing off right now by drinking a fucking jug of water on this. <laughs> a jug of water. This is an everyday thing that I do to keep my system intact. I did hear that you're supposed to drink um, as much, half your body weight in ounces of water. But to know what that was, I would have to weigh myself, and I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> I'm not willing. I don't weigh myself either. It's a Chris feel. is also a non-weigher. I'm a feel guy. It's like when I play the bass guitar. I won't weigh. I won't. You're a feel guy. I won't weigh. You don't weigh, but do you do you pull out the tape measure and do a wraparound? Mm-mm. I just <laughs> I like to say I can tell if my pants are fitting, but I only wear stretch pants, so who knows? I think we call that a life hack, you know, yeah. in the business. The little games that we play to get through the day, you know. I know, I know. I should probably. I think my trainer would probably like it if I got that serious, but for some reason, it just seems unhealthy to weigh yourself. Yeah, like mentally unhealthy. Yeah, it's it is. I also think that a lot of people who have have had um brushes with addiction in their life mm-hmm. can also have brushes with obsession and like addiction is mm-hmm. very transferable and mm-hmm. weighing yourself for me could enter into that like i don't like to bring things into my life that i feel could lead me away from my purpose which is um remembering um the mid-2000s with you guys <laughs> yes yes I, I i think that is i think that is true and i also think that i mean 
if it came down to it, taking 10 Oxycontin pills a day or weighing myself, I would still choose weighing myself, but I see what you mean. By the way, did you watch Dope Sick? No, I'm, <laughs> I, I have a tough time. I tried to. No, no, I have a tough time watching anything, if I'm being honest with you. I think I, I, I'm so exhausted by the conversations around things. By the time I get around to watching it, I don't care anymore. I get that. I 100% get that. But I love, I, I think I like Michael Keaton and I know that story, obviously. Well, know? the story is like, there was a lot in it that I didn't, I thought I knew the story. And then I was like, there's a lot of shit here that even I didn't know. And I'm pretty interested in the history of pills. And- <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a connoisseur. Yeah, my my friend Danny Strong wrote it, and it's a beautifully written show, and it's fascinating. And there's so much stuff in it. Just as a person who lived at the intersection of like chronic pain and addiction, yeah. opiates weren't my thing, but I spent a lot of time after surgery being treated with opiate medication. And I was like, the amount that like whatever the Sacklers have influenced literally like the way that we are cared for in hospitals, it fucked me up. And also, yeah, it's wild. It's wild. And also, there's just like a lot of very graphic imagery of people sucking the coating off their oxies. Mm, now, now, now you're getting me hard. I said I wasn't going to do this today. <laughs> no, I think that. I mean, that's how I felt about. Um, the Lady Gaga Bradley Cooper movie when he takes his boot off and smashes the pill backstage at the corporate event and snorts it. I was literally like, I am vibrating. That is exciting me so much. That's, yeah, that's the coolest I thing understand. I've ever seen in, in American cinema. Look, we've all done corporates, right? That's like one time I was with a do- with a do- one of my dogs and like they needed to get a treatment and they were like, okay, we're just going to like administer some Versed, which is like an intense uh you know, an intense benzodiazepine type medication. And I was like, it's like what they give you before surgeries, but it's just like, it's like the straight into your arm heroin equivalent of clonopin. And I was like, staring at the dog in like insane jealousy. And I was like, (laughs) these are the moments where you're like, I've beat it. It's out of my system. Like, like, God willing, I will be sober four years in April. I'm a proud member of this community. I feel very blessed. Thank you. But, like, I can't watch a dog be administered benzodiazepine. When you, when you see Ingrid's eyes roll back in her head, <laughs> you're like, I want a slice of that cake. Yeah, thank you for remembering. Ingrid's drooling again, and this time I like it. Now, yeah, I, I, I know. Ingrid's buying Velvet Underground 7 inches. <laughs> On doggy Etsy. Ingrid's on online shopping for scrunchies she doesn't need. No, there was a there's a story about I be, I think it was a comedian that relapsed from dog Vicodin, oh, like because it was in the house. I can't remember who it was. It was somebody pretty famous, and I was like, damn, that is a wild ass story. But this shit can get you where it gets you. You know, it meets you where you are if if you're if you're not careful. That is so like real important and you know it it gets you all over the place and it's interesting at first i was like very i've never been anxious about talking about anything publicly but when i first got sober i was scared about talking about it publicly because i was like people are not going to think i'm a reliable woman and then i was like oh people already talked about me like i was an actual psychotic monster (laughs) so me admitting i'm sober can only be helpful to some people and have absolutely no effect on the rest so i just stuck with it did you do did you do like a was there like an interview where you talked about it or was it something that seeped out it was like an accidental thing i was doing dax shepherd's uh armchair expert podcast and he said god damn it and it's like (laughs) guys it always gets you where you least expect it and for me that was with dax shepherd at that point i didn't realize dax shepherd's 
record for like getting people to talk about deeply personal things. Cause for some reason, Hollywood seems to only feel safe with Dax Shepard, but <laughs> you got daxed bitch. <laughs> I got daxed so hard. And I remember texting my manager and being like, I accidentally said I was six months sober off Clonopin, but like, I think I did it in a pretty subtle way. And then like the podcast comes out and 20 minutes later, it's like people magazine headline, like Lena Dunham admits to oh. pill dependency. And I was like, Oh fuck. I got daxed. That being said, <laughs> it had to happen at some point. And like, I've talked about all my health issues in a public way. And I feel like I, it's own like being honest with people about the fact that I'm sober, like only makes me like, uh, if it's helpful to someone, that's great. It only makes me like a better filmmaker and a smarter person to engage with. So there's no problem there. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. and also like, why are we comfortable talking about, I mean, there's so much that we're like people sit on podcasts being like today I was enjoying some rosé at seven 45 in the morning. Mm -hmm. So why can't you be like today I was not doing drugs. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I think it's a, I think it's more, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I ever like struggled with talking about it. Cause I kind of am with you. I'm like, I don't know. This is just like, this is what it is, you know, but it, it was really surprising to me how many people like said it was good to hear in a way that was like reassuring. You you never know. Totally. And it's also one of those weird things where like getting sober, everyone feels like they're the only person who's ever had yeah. to do it. And they feel like they're the only person who is suffering in this way. And then we find out mm -hmm. that like literally it's almost like the amount of surprising sober people who have like, okay, that story about when the dog was being administered, dog Xanax or whatever. I made a joke to my sober best friend. I was like, mm, that looks delicious. And then I made a joke about having to throw up in the bathroom of a specific uh, meeting mm -hmm. downtown. And the woman was like, Oh, the vet was like, Oh, that's the grossest meeting. Too. I was like, oh. <laughs> Amazing. That's, that's really yeah, good. That's so, really good. It was so <laughs> rad. And I was like, Oh, okay. Perfect. Like you literally were like, perfect. That's done. really funny. That's really fucking funny. So, you know, these, so it's, it's everywhere and it's positive. Yeah. I also wanted to ask just because we were, we were moving this podcast around a few times because you were in the final stages of something. And I just, yes. I, I wanted to know personally what it was. Oh, you're so sweet. So I made two movies this past year. I've been working. I like started, it was a good year. I like started a company. I got, or got married, made two movies. Um, and so I was finishing up the sound mix on this movie that I made in England called Catherine called Birdie, which is like a, it's a, a period piece coming of age story about a young woman who lives in 1290. <laughs> great year. And it was a great year. And it's, uh, it's a movie that it was my favorite book when I was like eight. And so now I've turned it into oh, wow. a bit of a coming of age comedy. I like to say it's the first period piece about getting your period. <laughs> I love an elevator pitch. Who, who's the who's the leading lady? Are you allowed to say her? She's oh, yeah. She's amazing. She's one of my favorite people in the world. Her name's Bella Ramsey. She's uh, a lot of people know her because she was on Game of Thrones. She was like the young warlord who fucked with Jon Snow in the final season. Mm -hmm. She's an amazing actor and a total genius. And um, she is the lead. And then her parents are played by Andrew Scott and Billy Piper, who are two amazing actors, UK based icons. Um, Wicked. And we we have a really great cast. And then I also made a movie that's going to be at Sundance um, in a month uh, called sharp stick, which is like more of a, a kind of indie sexual. My dad called it a sexual fable, which I thought was pretty good. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going with that. Um, but it's like, it's a more modern 
I think it's like a little bit more what, I mean, I like to think it as unexpected things, but it's a little bit more on brand for me than, than a 1290 period piece. Who's in it? The stars of it are amazing. So it's um, uh, the lead is a girl named Christine Froseth, who's amazing. And then my friend Taylor Page, who was Zola and Zola, who's mm-hmm. one of the great actors of our time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee, an indie icon who could join the Leia Seydoux, uh Chloe mm-hmm. Sevigny mm-hmm. club. That's the, it's called the Mount Chrismore is what we call that. <laughs> <laughs> Mount Chrismore. <laughs> and not because it's a mountain, because he wants to mount all of these ladies. <laughs> Yes, got it. So that I'll keep Jennifer Jason Lee out of it, but she's um she's incredible. And then uh, my friend John Bernthal, who I mentioned, is the yes. one who is actually as cool as he seems. Mm-hmm. Scott Speedman. Oh wow, that's a friend. That's my friend's neighbor. I see Speedman all the time with the dogs. Speedman's the fucking coolest. And for me, it was a big moment because I was very Felicity obsessed youth, and Speedman was a big deal to me. And the first sure. time I ever went to Sundance was to go to a, had a short film in the neighboring festival slam dance. And I was keeping a list of all the celebrities I saw in an envelope. And the first one I saw and the most important <laughs> one to me was Speedman. Spe- Speedman. Speedman also looks incredible. You don't even know. He's in, he's it's so, crazy. he looks amazing. He is amazing. He's kind. And now I'm going back to Sundance with Speedman in tow. Oh. So that full circle moment for me. Is huge. What a story arc. Can I ask a question, you guys? And maybe yeah. you want to put this at the beginning of the podcast because I'm scared people won't know. Do you think that in talking, you guys, I developed a kind of like, sometimes I worry that because I was an unpopular child that when I talk to people, I like take on their mannerisms a little bit in an attempt to be seen. And I'm worried that in talking, you guys, I did like a kind of um, like, sup, my men? What are we doing today? <laughs> like I had a little bit of like a bro speak. Sup. Sup, my men is something that no one has ever said, so I can safely say you didn't do that. I, I don't. I don't okay. think you have to worry about that. I think it was maybe just you've been in the English countryside. You've been very sort of oystered in this very little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, you've been in this little world, and a big part of your earlier life was like going around in your twenties in New York around a bunch of dudes like us. And yeah, whether you think it's ridiculous or not, it's also kind of comforting and maybe you missed talking sup my man honestly you just said something really real and i don't think it's ridiculous i think it's like exactly correct and i still have a couple of sup my men friends left and i (laughs) and i feel super safe with them like like the couple of of nyc gents who are important to my life are very important to my life but yes i think i I got a little overexcited and I turned into 22 year old Sup My Man Lena. I, I think that's a side the world needs to hear, maybe. It had to come out. Okay. You forgot just how fun Sup My Man could be, right? That's actually 100% correct. And it was an interesting balance because I was trying not to do the thing I used to do. Like, I think a lot of the reason I sometimes said things in my 20s that were like in any way scandalous was I just was like, try to join the party, but like, I'm not Mm -hmm. quite great at it. And so I was trying to set my men, you guys while also not taking it too far. And it was a hard balance to strike, but I hope we got there. We got there. Oh, 1000%. Well, actually, lastly, maybe uh, this is because I can kind of relate to that. But uh, sometimes I'll take it a step further where if I'm being interviewed or I'm on somebody else's podcast and they have a specific lingo and a way they talk to each other, not only will I try to adopt and adapt to that, but I will try to out lingo them at their own game just as some type of, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, I think I did a little bit of that too. And like, 
Mm-hmm. You guys were really nice about it. I have to say you were really nice about it. Oh, well, we welcomed you and, and we were we're very glad that you took the time to speak with us. So it's not the kind of thing where you guys will get off the podcast and be like this stinky fucking bitch. <laughs> That's what you're not going to do. We didn't get dunhamed. It it, fe- it feels like a, this was a nice reciprocal podcast relationship while it lasted. Yeah, no, we, I think we it we've was been too. we've been fans for a long time. You know, you Girls is an amazing show, and I love watching it. You guys are sweet. I wasn't trying to make you do that. You're. I know, sweet. but it's. I mean, we that's why we free. asked. That's why we tried to get you on the podcast. I really like the podcast. I'm so. I think you guys are so. I think you guys are really. Um, striking a balance that the world needs right now. And oh, I hope that I hope that some straight men can take take your lead. And I hope that a story like the Chris Noth one doesn't come out about either of you tomorrow. That's what I hope. <laughs> or or, Joe, or Jeff Garland uh, saying the word vagina on set so much that he had to resign from his own show. <laughs> Larry David is next. Uh, that's what I predict. I mean, yeah. well, my thing is just that like I, you know, I want... I want to be able to continue to support you. So okay, okay. So, so watch it. Okay, that's thank you. That's good advice from a Hollywood <laughs> from a Hollywood, you know, well, Hollywood old timer. Yeah, now it's serious. Before I was just trying to keep my nose clean from my personal life and my family's, but with Lena, yeah, with me, it's with real me now. relying on you. Um, I think you, yeah. Before you were just trying to live an ethical life so you could die feeling happy about yourself. But now, but now, <laughs> but now you're trying to maintain a, a podcast friendship with me, so it, the stakes have been raised. I'm not a religious guy, but now Lena is my god. <laughs> Thank you so much. By the way, where are both of you? Who's you're, who's in LA? I'm in I'm in Glendale, baby. You're in Glendale, and we're where in LA. I'm in Beachwood. Oh, I'm in Beachwood, LA right now. Yes, are you at Pache regularly? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not at Pache regularly. No, I'm not. But, you, but thank you for asking. But you're close to Pache, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I don't really go. I don't know. I'm. I'm a West Hollywood guy. I go down, not up. So I lived in West Hollywood for six years. <laughs> I'm glad we got a clean take of that. I lived. I go down, not up. I lived in West Hollywood for six years, and that was my that was my spot. And I I loved the fact that I lived in like a cute cloistered area. But if I went one block away, it was like people who had, you know, wandered too far from one oak and were fuck, fucked mm-hmm. up. Yeah, that's 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 the that's what I like to be around as well. That's kind of and my, frankly, like if I'm in out, if I'm in L.A., what I want to be eating and drinking is like a not great smoothie from a place that also gives vitamin injections. <laughs> we love Earth Bar on this podcast as well. OK, thank you for knowing. <laughs> thank you for understanding that. I love, we Earth, love Bar. Earth Bar every we time. Bar. Every time I've ever run into someone that I don't want to see, it's because we both can't stop going to Earth Bar. <laughs> I can't quit you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's your actual dealer. Well, uh, yeah. the next time you're in LA, we simply must dine. I would love that. What a cute way of putting it. You said you had one last question. What was it? One of my favorite parts about girls is the the sort of smash cut to black credits where the song that's playing that's perfectly prescribed for that exact moment drops right as the the credits go black oh wow what an amazing compliment thank you because we were always i just dropped a kombucha top under my table and i don't know why i'm trying to reach it when i don't need to right now because you're going to lose its effervescence but this is more important yeah so yeah i thank you for feeling that way it was always important to have a song that made us feel you know um taken care of and like like we're in good emotional hands and but i i try to do the same thing with this 
podcast every episode there'll be a, a song that's sort of related to what we were talking about or the guest or whatever and have it drop right when the conversation is over so if if you were to pick a song for this episode what would it be why don't we go with you're so vain by carly simon only because i feel like that was the song she wrote about her yes my man friends <laughs> her sup my man friends I, since i'm a sup my man i always thought that song was about a woman but no you're so vain is like about like some people say it's about david bowie some people say it's about mick jagger some people say it's about jackson brown like people are always saying mm-hmm. but it's like mm-hmm. carly simon was like a chill girl hanging with these bros and like one of them was really vain and thought the song was about him. And so I feel like (laughs) now that we've established that like we're all meeting up at Kate's joint for you to maybe hook up with my friends, (laughs) let's, (laughs) let's put that on. Beautiful. That's perfect. All right. We did it. Thank you, Lena. It was a pleasure. Uh, have a great holiday. Enjoy upstate. And, a uh, pleasure and honor. I hope you look forward to the email from my manager asking you to cut several things. Just kidding. <laughs> we love it. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, dudes. Bye. Bye, my men. <laughs> <laughs>